on today's episode of the Productivity Podcast. I'm talking to David Mead from startwithwhy.com all about finding your why. Welcome to the Productivity Podcast, the show that will supercharge your productivity fast. Get more done with actionable, easy-to-follow advice and become a Jedi Master of Productivity. And now, introducing your host, Paul Miners. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Productivity Podcast. My name is Paul and I really, really appreciate you listening in today. I appreciate your time. Now today I have a really, really exciting episode. Um, Hopefully you can tell in my voice I'm really geared up and excited for this episode because today I'm chatting with David Mead from startwithwhy.com. And those of you who are a bit more familiar with me and my podcast, you'll know that I'm a big fan of the Start With Why movement. And uh, that was the movement started by Simon Sinek, the speaker and author, famous TED talker. Look at that. I just rhymed without even trying. I'm telling you, uh, this is completely off the cuff. Didn't even try to do that. What do you know? Anyway, (laughs) Simon Sinek is a TED talker and uh, he wrote one of my favorite books, Start With Why. Uh, Check out my book summaries at paulminers.com if you haven't read the book. Um, Really, really good book, really good talk. Um, Had a big impact on me, very much got me started on my journey talking about productivity and just getting more out of life because really that's my why. And uh, yeah, David is on uh, Simon's team. He does a lot of speaking on behalf of Simon. And uh, yeah, today we talk all about what it means to really kind of find your why, live your why and, you know, find your purpose and just really make that the core of your work and everything that you do. So Really excited for this episode. The show notes for this one can be found at paulminers.com slash 37, uh, where I've got um, notes for this episode and links of um, the important stuff that we talk about, including links to startwithwhy.com and the Learn Your Why program. Now, uh, without further ado, uh, let's get into today's interview with David Mead from startwithwhy.com. Enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Productivity Podcast and today I'm joined by David Mead from startwithwhy.com. Hey David, welcome to the show. Thanks Paul. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you here and just to give you a quick background on um, Start With Why and David, um, although I'm sure he, I'll get him to go deep into that. Um, yeah, the Start With Why program is something that I um, discovered a number of years ago and I went through the Learn Your Why program, um, which helped me to very much get started with blogging and, and putting my website together and helping people with productivity. And so this is a really exciting episode for me. David, I'm, I'm really pleased that you're here and because I, I really do believe that this this whole um, idea of finding your why, finding your purpose is so, so important. So yeah, I'm really excited to chat today. Good. Thanks. Me too. Well, why don't we start with a bit of a uh, introduction to yourself. Could you tell us uh, who you are and, and what do you do exactly? Uh, sure. So um, I'm David Mead, as you've mentioned before. And uh, rather than telling you what I do, I'll get into that in a second. But uh, since this is all about why, and that's kind of the world that I live in, um, the Start With Why organization, really, the, the, the reason we wake up every day is because we're working toward a world in which people, uh, vast majority of people are inspired to go to work feel safe while they're there and uh, come home at the end of the day fulfilled by the work that they do. That's the reason that we get up and do what we do. So the the method that we go about trying to build that world looks like a whole lot of different things. There, um, you know, as you've experienced online courses, 
um, speaking, workshops, uh, uh, facilitation, um, consulting, all these different things that kind of lead toward that end goal or that, that world that we imagine. So, uh, my role in that um, has varied in the last seven years that I've been uh, with the Start With Why team. But um, currently, uh, I find myself spending most of my time uh, traveling. I do a lot of speaking and workshop facilitation, also working on a couple of uh, books uh, that are sort of follow-on books to Start With Why uh, that we're working on with Simon. So, um, you know, between that and, you know, doing interviews and uh, every once in a while doing my own uh, podcast and writing blog posts and stuff like that, uh, you know, it looks like a lot of different things, but all with that same goal of uh, working toward that world where people go to work because they want to, not because they have to. That is fantastic. It's such a good cause. And I realized <laughs> as soon as you started answering the question that I made the fundamental mm. mistake of asking, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In, instead of starting with why, which is which is why we're here. And that's why it's so important. Um, so, so just to fill in anyone who doesn't know, although I'm sure most people have heard of Simon by now, um, who is Simon? And um, how did the Start With Why program come about? It really came from... Simon's personal uh, experience. So he owned his own little uh, advertising agency and was doing well, uh, had a great list of clients and, you know, uh, was successful in all, you know, from the outside looking in, everything seemed fine, but he just lost the passion for what he was doing. Um, he woke up every day and started to hate his job. Um, and so, you know, he couldn't really quite figure out what had, what had changed because, you know, he wasn't doing anything differently than he was doing before. And all of a sudden he just couldn't, you know, couldn't bring, bring himself to do the same thing day after day after day. So, um, he kind of became obsessed with this, this idea that he could tell people what he did and he could tell them how he did it, but he had no idea really why he was getting up to do it every day. And so he began to sort of go on this discovery uh, journey for himself, asking himself, really like, what is it that, that drives me to get out of bed? Why am I doing the things that I'm doing? And so he, um, adapted this, uh, thing called the golden circle, which, um, you know, millions of people are now familiar with, but it was uh, actually a little tool that he used a little model that he had to explain why some marketing worked and some didn't. And he looked at that and he said, you know, this goes far beyond marketing. This is really about uh, organizations and about our own careers that, you know, every organization and even our own careers operate on these three levels. Why, how, and what? And everybody knows what they do. Some people know how they do it, um, but very few people know really why they do it. And so he uh, discovered his why, which is to inspire people to do the things that inspire them. And he it completely um, changed his outlook on, on life, um, changed, changed his, his view on uh, you know, what he did every day and why he was doing it. And because it energized him and inspired him so much, he just turned around and told his friends about it. And his friends started you know, uh, thinking about this for themselves and making these crazy life changes. And they invited him over to their house to tell their friends about it. And it literally just started uh, like that, him telling a few people and talking to a few people about what he had discovered uh, and sharing it. And it has grown to, you know, now he's known all over the world. And, um, you know, his Ted talk has been viewed, you know, I don't know how many, 20 million times now or more, um, with these people that are just inspired by this idea of waking up every day and really thinking about the purpose behind the work that they do. 
So can you tell me a little bit more then why should people care about finding their why? I mean, it sounds great, you know, finding your purpose, but what, how does that actually translate into people feeling fulfilled by the work that they do? I mean, I, I understand from, from reading the book that there's um, quite a lot of uh, research was done into the biology of the human mm -hmm. brain that kind of um, looks at how this happens, like how finding your why and, and really keeping that at the front of your mind actually makes you to feel more fulfilled. Sure. So um, the getting back to just to give a little more explanation or a little more context for those who may not be familiar with the, you know, the basic uh, brain research behind this is if you take that golden circle, which is basically a bullseye uh, with why in the very center of the bullseye and then how in that middle ring and then what on the outside. Uh, if you take a cross section of our brain and compare it to that golden circle, it matches up perfectly. The outer section of the brain that corresponds with the what level of the golden circle, uh, which is about, you know, what we do, our roles, our products, our services, you know, the kind of the tangible physical stuff that we do every day that maps to the part of the brain that controls our logic, our intellect, our ability to, um, understand features and benefits and talk about, um, you know, uh, uh spreadsheets and all that logical stuff. Uh, and it also controls our language. The center of the brain that corresponds with why and how is the limbic system. And the limbic system is the part of the brain that controls all of our feelings, uh, like trust, loyalty, love, empathy, fulfillment, pride, any feeling that we have. It also uh, is responsible for all of our decision-making, all of our behavior, but it has no capacity for language. So um, this, the, this why, this feeling that we have, this drive that we have to do what we love comes from that limbic brain. And it's not a logical thing. I mean, there are people who, once they discover, I just got an email today from a guy who um, was doing what logically seemed like the right job. He was successful, he was making a lot of money, and he, but he wasn't happy. The feeling that he had when he got to work was, this is drudgery, I hate doing this, I'm going through the motions, I'm doing the things that logically make sense to, that, that, that you know, I'm making the money, I'm successful, I have this position within this organization, and I should be happy, but I'm not. So he quit his job, and now he's looking for something that actually truly fulfills him. So it's not that you can't make it through life and you can't be quote-unquote successful without knowing your why, it's just that we find that more often than not, if you're living your life in a way that is uh, based on or focused on that neocortex stuff, that, that logical intellectual stuff, that I need a, a job that will get me more money, I need to climb the corporate ladder, I need to do X, Y, and Z. And it's not that there's anything wrong with any of those things. Make a ton of money, be, you know, climb the, 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 the ladder of the, of the organization, it's fine. But if we don't feel any kind of connection or we don't feel um, anything uh, that, that we're contributing to something that matters or we don't come home at the end of the day and we don't love what we do, I guess it's a choice we can make that, you know, do we want to go through life, um, you know, just checking off the boxes and not being happy or do we want to find that purpose? Do we want to find that thing that really drives us and allow that to be the focus of what we do every day? and allow the results, whether it be, you know, the, the money or the position or the, the titles or whatever to follow because we're following our passion. We're following what we love. And when we do that, we show up in a different way. We're more likely to find jobs where we can be successful. We're more likely to find, um, you know, the opportunities for leadership or success or whatever, because we're actually doing something that we love. And it shows if that makes sense. It, it, it does. And just to repeat back, 
kind of to summarize what you've said for everyone's benefit, the way I understand it is like you, yeah, you could, you could have a job. And I guess for most people listening, yeah, if they, if they, if they work and they know what they do, they, they know how they do it, but that disengagement, that lack of fulfillment comes when they don't really understand the deeper purpose about why. And so like, I can definitely relate to this in previous jobs that I've had when there was a lack of, you know, what is the bigger picture here? Why do we actually do this work and and not necessarily to just make a profit, but what is the actual cause that we're trying to serve? I think that's when, yeah, I guess to use your word feeling, you just, it doesn't, you don't feel engaged. Um, you can, you can justify doing the work. Yeah. We can make more money and I can justify it because I need a job and I need to support myself and my family. Um, but after a while and, and, and like, certainly I feel that you know, people can get into a new job and they feel really excited in the beginning. And I guess they feel like they're part of something as they're taking on this big step and learning mm-hmm. something new in this company. But then after a while, you know, you kind of get comfortable in a workplace and, and maybe that why isn't there or it isn't clear enough. And so that's when that kind of disengagement happens. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to take anything away from this idea of, you know, making the money that I need to support my family and these logical things. Those are all important. I'm not saying those are not important. What I am saying is that it's only half of the equation. Um, And and we can go through life, you know, again, just kind of doing those those checking off those boxes, ticking the ticking the lines there. Or we can have both sides of the coin. We can have all that stuff as a result of doing something that we love and doing thing, uh, doing something that, that is meaningful to us. And I think, you know, as human beings, we are, we are constantly looking for meaning. We want to, I mean, naturally, this is a, a, a uh, this, this, we are naturally hardwired this way, which is that we look for uh, acceptance. We look for belonging. We want to be around other people who share common values and beliefs. We are social as human beings and we seek out, uh, other people who share common values and beliefs. We want to be around, uh, people with whom we feel like we belong. This is why we love, you know, the, the communities in which we live, the clubs, the organizations, the, you know, the, 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 um, the, the congregations, the online communities, whatever it is that we choose to give our time, our energy, our resources, and sometimes even our money to be a part of, we do that because we want that sense of belonging. And in an organization, we should have the exact same thing. We should be able to surround ourselves with other people who share common values and beliefs. We should have an organization that gives us a sense of belonging where we are coming together in a, a community of sorts with other people who are working toward the, the same vision of the world that we have. Um, and it's not that you don't have to make the numbers. It's not that you don't have to be financially profitable. It's all those things are in play as well. However, when you have an environment where people are contributing towards something that matters to them, when there's that higher cause or purpose, when they all show up for that same reason, they will work harder. You'll get discretionary effort. They will sacrifice. They will give of themselves to make it work. And your numbers, your results, the financial stuff will naturally take care of itself because you've got people who actually care about moving the organization forward rather than people that show up to work to make a paycheck. Yeah, that's that's such a good point, and that's a great segue into what was going to be my next question, which is obviously like a big part of um, what interests me is about is productivity and what what makes people work in a more effective and efficient way. And so you said like the the numbers and the results that we think we're chasing are like a byproduct of mm-hmm. of uh, actually working and, and focusing on your why. So what um, can you comment a little bit more on what implications? Um, kind of finding and living your why has on someone's personal productivity? 
Sure. So, you know, I think of I think of productivity as as getting the most amount of stuff done in the amount of time that I have. It's just using my time wisely. It's making sure that I'm, you know, focusing on, on the things that are most important to get done. And, and this is kind of the, the general idea of productivity that I have. Um, I think discovering and articulating your why, I look at it at two levels when it comes to productivity. One is at a, a much uh, higher level, at a grander scale, which is when you understand what your own personal driving force is the the contribution that you naturally make to the lives of others the the service that you provide the thing that when you show up at your very best this is who you are uh, along with your hows which are your core values the guiding principles the ways in which you behave that allow you to be at your best and live that why or to to uh, serve that higher cause or purpose when you understand those things, when you understand who you are at your best and what circumstances need to be in play, uh, or in other words, in what ways you need to be able to behave or operate in order for you to be at your best, one, it helps you to choose the right job to begin with. Um, because if we're thinking purely on that neocortex level of, and, and most people, when they go to get a job, the first thing on their mind is, uh, what's the salary? Uh, what are the benefits? Um, you know, what are the perks that I get? What is it that, what are those logical things that this organization is going to give me that another one might not? And so we kind of get stuck into that neocortex again, that logical, rational, uh, thought process of which job is better based on the facts and figures, the features and benefits, right? But when we can clearly articulate why we do what we do, and we know what drives us, we can actually use that as a filter to recognize that even though this job, the pay may be a little bit better than this other job, uh, or the benefits might be a little bit better than this other job, we look at the culture, we look at how am I, are, am I going to be allowed to operate in a way that is, give, is me at my very best? Uh, for example, um, if you know, uh, one of your core values or your guiding principles is, um, that you need to do it together. You need to have a team, you need to work with people to, to accomplish anything great. And you know that with this one job that you're looking at, you're going to be working from home by yourself with very little interaction with anybody else. You know, immediately that even though that job might pay you a lot more money than something else, you are not going to thrive because one of your hows, one of your guiding principles is do it together. I need to have other people around me to bounce ideas off of, to uh, collaborate, to work together, to think through things. You can use that as a filter to know that it's probably not going to be the best choice. So on a big grand scale, that's kind of the macro level of, of discovering and articulating your why and your hows is am I going to be able to operate at my best? Am I going to be able to give what I naturally give at my best at this, uh, at this job, right? Now, if you look at it on a daily basis level with the certain uh, responsibilities that we have, with the tasks that we take on or the projects that we um, decide to, to uh, engage in or lead, for example, again, we can use our why and how as filters, uh, where if there's a, a project to be done or um, something that needs to, to, to be uh, accomplished, we can decide based on our why and our hows if that's going to be a good fit for us. Now, it's not that we can always pick and choose what we're going to do at work and what we are not, but being able to recognize where we are strong, where we are going to be able to contribute who we are at our very best, and where we might fall flat a little bit just based on what we know about ourselves allows us to 
choose the projects, choose the tasks, choose the things that are kind of up for grabs or the things that we can volunteer with or that we can help with and choose the ones that we are going to be more suited to um, accomplish well or to to uh, deliver on um, the best that we can over something else that might seem good at first, but we know it's not really going to fit with our why and our hows. Yeah, that was, that was such a good explanation. And I, I love the word that you used, filter, and, and how when you, when you have this clear understanding of why you do what you do and then the hows and these kind of values that you believe in, they become the filter by which you can determine what you should be doing, right? So instead of just right. um, d- doing everything and, and hitting our to-do list all at once or whatever it might be, like you can look at, well, what do I really believe in? What am I really trying to achieve here? And which of these things align with why I'm doing what I'm doing and, and how I'm doing it? Um, and, and so I like, give an example from, from my own experience with all of the start with why stuff, I, I began my journey with this a, a number of years ago after I watched uh, Simon's TED talk, like I've seen it dozens of times. And then I, mm-hmm. I did, um, I was very much like struggling to find out what I wanted to do. And um, I knew I wanted to kind of work for myself and, and create like a, a a lifestyle of freedom where I was just accountable and uh, to myself and just fully self-sufficient. And I, I wanted to start a business, but I didn't really know what. And so I actually did, and I'd, I'd love to talk a little bit more about this later, um, I did the Learn Your Why program at startwithwhy.com. And it, I, I'm not just saying this because you're here, David, but it really mm-hmm. was one of the um, best investments of time that I've ever made was was just taking like eight hours or so or 10 hours, I think it takes to complete the course to just really understand what makes me tick. And getting that clarity was it made such a shift in me. And so the result at the end of it was I learned that my why was to develop myself and others so that we can realize our full potential. And I learned that I'm someone that's very um, driven by this idea of achieving more and, and developing and learning all the time so that we can re- realize this potential that we have. Mm-hmm. And that very much started me down the journey of starting my website and talking about productivity. So for me, my how, how I achieve that why is, is teaching people to be more productive because I believe that if we can be more effective and efficient with what we do, we can realize more of that potential. And then what I do, of course, is, is the podcast, is the blog, all this kind of stuff that we're doing now. Yeah. And um, yeah, like uh, it, it was such a pivotal moment for me once I had this clarity and, and um, to kind of uh, loop back around to the point I was trying to make is when I had that kind of clear... Um, purpose and vision in my head of why am I doing this? It it allows me to work because um, I I mean I have a full time job so this is like a side thing that I do and mm. I make a little bit of money. But the reason I've kept going for so long, even though it doesn't make like financial sense because I'm not making all the money in the world yet, like. I do it because it brings me such fulfillment helping people and getting emails from people and talking to people who have benefited from the message that I'm trying, that I'm communicating that fulfillment and living that why has just been, um, life-changing for me. And so, yeah, like I just fully support everything that you're doing and, um, it's yeah, just big, big support for, uh, and thank you for kind of putting this all together for us. No, absolutely. And I, I think you brought up a really good point, which is, um, you know, a lot of times people will become familiar with this concept. They'll even go through the, the online course that you went through and they'll go back to work and they'll say, man, this, this just really is, is not like this does not fit in with my why. And so they'll, they'll just immediately quit and think, well, now I don't know what to do, but I know it's not that, you know? And yeah. So the, and the answer is, is not necessarily, you know, if, if your why does not, or if you don't feel as though 
what, who you are at your best is, is something that you're currently contributing at at work. It doesn't mean you have to quit your job. Um, try, I mean, sitting it out for a while and, and give it six months and see if, you know, what if you showed up and actually started living your why at work? What if you started contributing uh, in your in your example, which is great, which is to develop yourself and others so that people can realize their full potential. What if you started doing that for the people with whom you already work and see what happens hmm. now if you know if you do that for six months or a year and nothing's really happening and you still feel like it's not a good fit, okay, then maybe it's time to make a choice however, don't feel like you know, just because it's not perfect right now that you can't make a change by being a little more aware and a little more conscious and intentional with your why and actually living it and kind of bloom where you're planted is kind of the idea. Uh, the other thing that I love that you're doing is that you still have your full-time job and you're doing something else on the side that, you know, again, it's not necessarily logical. You're not making any money. You're not, or, or enough maybe based on the, the amount of time or energy that you're putting into this, but it goes to show how important this idea of fulfillment and belonging and service to other people can fuel us. And, and, you know, as illogical as it might sound, we need that. Again, we need that belonging. We need that sense. And we feel best about ourselves. We feel the most fulfilled when we are doing something for someone else, not something for ourselves. Yeah, exactly. That uh, you summed it up so well, like you, you genuinely feel better by serving others. And I think that's the brilliance of the system is it's, the fulfillment comes from helping others, and, and that's where that good feeling comes from. Um, what, one question I have is, um, does does a why change over time? Like, can you start with one why, and then does it? do you ever find people, um, maybe, you know, they have a why they genuinely believe in, and they follow and live for a while, but then it kind of, is, is there instances of it changing over time? Uh, so the simple answer is, the why doesn't change. Uh, our why is fully formed by the time we're about 19 or 20. And there's some science to back this up as well, where, um, you know, the synapses have formed and we've kind of, we're set into who we are. And that comes from the experiences that we've had up until that point. And, uh, usually by the time we're that age, the, we've had enough experience, we've had enough, uh, opportunity to make choices, um, that have put us in good situations and bad situations. And so we get a sense of, you know, who are we when we're at our best and who are we when we're not at our best? And so, um, you know, anything that, that happens after that is simply an opportunity for us to live in balance or out of balance with our why. So why doesn't change? Um, so often we run into people who think they know what their purpose is when they come into either to the online course or if we do an individual why discovery session. But so often, because it's really difficult to put that why into words or to articulate what our higher cause or purpose is, because it's, again, comes from that limbic part of the brain that controls that feeling or that belief, but it doesn't control language. Um, people will you know, think that their purpose is one thing, but it's actually something much deeper. It's something, uh, something bigger that they haven't quite realized. And so when people say, oh, I think my, my purpose is this, but when I did my why discovery, it was that, so my purpose changed. It's not necessarily the case. It's just that usually we don't really understand what our purpose is unless we go through some sort of um, a process like the why discovery process. Okay, no, that, it makes sense. And, and one of the things I was thinking about while you were talking was um, 
if, if, if nature has programmed us to think and act in the same way, you know, you, you talked earlier about the limbic brain and how that makes, that's the part of the brain that controls how we feel. And then we have the, uh, the outer part of the brain, which is, which is controls our rational thought. And then nature has programmed us as well to feel good when we help others so that we can, um, you know, contribute towards helping the species survive. If, if nature has programmed us all to be biologically the same in this way, why is it then that we can have different whys? Um, so mm, this, that it's a, it's a, it's an excellent question. Um, every single why, it doesn't matter whose it is, doesn't matter what it sounds like, doesn't matter how you articulate it. Uh, every single why, if it's a true why is about somehow contributing positively to the life of others. So it is giving of ourselves and serving somebody else. Um, you can lump every single why statement into that bucket. Now, how I do that specifically, the, the specific contribution that I make, um, the impact that I have just because of who I am, the experience I have, the beliefs I have, the um, sort of the, just the makeup of who I am is going to be a little bit nuanced or different than who you are and how, the, the specific contribution that you will make. But if you look at, I mean, if you took 100 why statements, uh, they are all about what is the contribution and the impact that we make on the lives of other people and how we each do that might be a little bit different. And it's not, um, the other thing too, is that, uh, while everybody has their own why statement, not every why statement is totally unique from everyone else's. That would actually kind of defeat the purpose. If the idea is that we want to surround ourselves with other people who share common values and beliefs, if we find somebody else who has a similar why to ours, we might just naturally find that we really get along well with that person because we share a similar uh, vision of the world. We have a similar, we, we want to make a similar contribution to the lives of other people. These are great people to um, partner with in business. These are great people to date or marry. These, you know, I mean, the idea is not that we have a completely distinct and separate and um, different why statement than everyone else. It's, it is who we are and we articulate it the way that feels right to us. And we might run across somebody else who's got something very, very similar. And these are the people who, you know, often end up being our best friends or our, our favorite colleagues. Right. And, and so I'm just speculating here as well. And, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I imagine one of the reasons we, we can have different whys is so that we're not all helping one another in the same way. So I recently finished reading uh, The Leader's Eat last book by Simon, mm. Simon's second book, which was fantastic and um, talks a lot about, yeah, this idea of helping others and, and references, you know, um, back when the human species was living, you know, as cavemen. And I suppose if everyone was helping each other in the same way, if our tribes were, everyone went out to go and hunt all at once, um, we probably wouldn't be as successful uh, or, or even or we might be very successful and bring back all this food, but nobody was back at home looking after the kids or nobody was mm. back at home like um fixing the shelter and so perhaps that's why we 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 have these different whys we because nature needs us to help each other in diverse ways so that we're not all doing the same thing i don't know is there much kind of uh, logic to that to that theory yeah i think i mean that makes sense to me i think you know as as universal as the why is like i said before every single why is about helping and serving the life of someone else however I mean, there is so much diversity and we, every single person is so different and we each need a little different brand of help. You know, we need a little different, mm. um, 
contribution from other people. And so I think having that diversity in why statements and that the, the contributions that we each make a little bit differently gives us the opportunity to, you know, for example, um, Paul, if you and I were to uh, interact with, with the same person, it's very possible that you might, uh, you know, kind of um, uh, jive with that person or, or connect with that person, even though we're both, you know, they both think they think we're both nice and that they enjoy, you know, spending time with both of us. There may be a connection that they have with you that they don't have with me just because you're bringing them something that they need that I just can't provide. Even though in my heart of hearts, I want to help them. I want to serve them. I want to do everything that I can for them. And yet there's something about you that just feels better. Okay. No, it makes, it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, oh, this is really interesting. Um, I'm really enjoying this conversation. What, um, what are some really practical things then people listening if, if they're kind of like listening and going, oh yeah i really like this idea then what can i do obviously we've mentioned the the learn your why program um i wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about that what kind of things can people do to start to go down this path of finding their why because it's because it takes some time right it's a little bit these are big questions we're sort of asking is really looking inside yourself to work out why you do what you do it's um yeah it's a bit of a challenge isn't it yeah, of course. And there's not one right way to do it. I mean, the, the, the online Y discovery course that you took, uh, is one avenue to start that introspective conversation and to, you know, really dig into yourself a little bit and do that, go through that discovery. But, uh, you know, there, Simon is not the inventor of, uh, purpose. He's not, the, <laughs> the, he didn't come up with this idea. So, you know, there are all kinds of resources that can help you get to the same thing. The um, thing that I love about uh, Simon and, and the work that we do is just the simplicity of it. It's um, it, it's explained in a way that it just it seems to make more sense. There's not that much to think about, and so rather than worrying about following a you know a, a 25 step process or you know remembering a, a complex model or something like that, you get the basic idea, and then you can really focus on the process of of that self discovery. So. Uh, the online wide discovery course is one, um, but th th there are several. And you made a good point too, which is that this is this takes some time. I mean, the the initial um, discovery process of of kind of getting to the to the essence of your why, which comes through a why discovery course or a coaching session with somebody else that you might know or whatever it is. However, you decide to go through this discovery process, that initial piece, yeah, it takes a few hours, but to be able to then begin to internalize it, to think about it, to begin to, uh, again, use your, your why or your purpose as a filter to make decisions, to even come up with the, with the words for your why that you love, because again, it comes from a part of the brain that doesn't control language. And so we have a hard time putting it into words, all of these things, uh, understanding it truly, um, beginning to live it, even finding the right words for it, it is a process that takes a lot of time. I mean, it took me uh, a year and a half to land on the words that I really loved for my why. The feeling was always there. The feeling never changed, but it's always that constant refinement, constantly thinking about it and constantly going back. Um, so yeah, it just, it, it takes a lot of time. Yeah, I remember as well, that was one of the hardest parts. And I'm, I'm, I probably do need to revisit it and relook at the words that I'm using. But yeah, that was the hardest part was, was after you've, through the course, you know, you tell these stories and, and recount memories of times when you felt very fulfilled. And then you try and 
come up with this sentence that clearly defines why you do what you do. And as you said before, it, it, this is a feeling that comes from the part of the brain that doesn't control language. Mm-hmm. Putting it into words was so tough. And yeah. um, I remember, yeah, like the fundamental, I wrote a number of sentences. And again, I, I need to revisit mine. But um, it, it changed a few times, just very subtly by a few words. But it would slowly creep more and more and more to feeling better and better. Even though the, the, the underlying meaning of my why was still there it just felt better with different words and it was kind of it was it was quite hard to explain it just it kind of clicked for me and the person I was doing it with because I was, I was going through it with a friend he couldn't quite understand like why that was helping me he's like but it's, it says the same thing it's like no no mm. but it feels better <laughs> mm-hmm. well the tough thing about that that why statement and you know that they are intentionally short and simple is there is so much context behind them. You've got all the stories and the experiences and all, I mean, these hours worth of stuff that you've been thinking about and talking about with, uh, with the friend or the partner that you're going through this with. Um, and so putting it into a single sentence, it means a heck of a lot more to you than it will to anybody else who just reads it. Cause they're going to look at the dictionary definition of the words that you use and they'll be like, yeah, Okay. But to you, it means so much more. There's so much more depth uh, and meaning to it, which, which is really what makes your why special to you. Um, and you know, the opportunity that, 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 uh, you have and that we recommend to people is exactly what you're doing, which is look at the words. And even though you might be saying the same thing, find the words that really resonate with you. So, so often we'll, we'll come up with a draft why statement, um, and again, the, the, the whole goal of this first uh, discovery process, however you go through it, is to come up with a draft, to come up with an idea, to get in the ballpark that you're going to then uh, refine and, and come back to and revisit later. But, um, you know, so often the first words that we use to come up with these things tend to be, sometimes they can be a little generic and sometimes people feel like they're a little bland, like we hear... Um, you know, to inspire or to care or, you know, all these words that were like, yeah, it's that, but it's so much more than that. Mm. And so the opportunity that we have, once we come up with this draft, once we have some words down is to take those words that we feel are a little bit generic, perhaps, uh, or a little bit too broad and to peel back the layers of the onion a bit and to say, great. So if my word is to, uh, you know, whatever to care, what does it look like when I do that? Like if I go back to the stories and the experiences that I told as part of the discovery process, when I was caring for people, when I was showing that care, what did that look like? And how did that, how does that show up when I do it? That might be a little different or a little more personalized than when somebody else cares for somebody. So I'll I'll give you an example. So my, uh, my why statement reads, uh, to propel positive change so that people can more meaningfully touch the lives of others. It used to be to propel positive change so that people can live a more fulfilled life. And to me, I, this idea of fulfilled life, I was like, yes, it, it's sort of there, but it, I, it, it, I don't love it. And so I thought to myself, what to me does it look like when people are living a fulfilled life? To me, a fulfilled life means that I'm meaningfully touching the lives of other people. So I simply tweak the words and then instead of doing so that people can live a fulfilled life, it's so that people can more meaningfully touch the lives of others. So it says the same thing, but it's more meaningful and more personal to me. So, so when you made that change, you know, that's very subtle change in the words that you, you chose. What, um, what impact did that have on, on you and how you were doing what you were doing? You know, I don't, honestly, I don't know that it, um, 
there was no huge shift just because the feeling was already there. And again, that here's the thing is that there are so many people who are living their why without knowing it, without articulating a why, without going through a why discovery process. They're just, they're choosing to live their lives or, or, or when they are living their lives at their very best, they're living their why unconsciously. Mm. So you are who you are at your best, no matter whether you have a why statement or not. Right. So I think the, the, the slight change in articulation or the, you know, shift in the words or whatever it is, it's more uh, a matter of when I look at my wife's statement, I love it. It doesn't change necessarily who I am or, or how I operate or now that the words are different, I act differently. But now when I look at it, it's like, yep, that's mine rather than, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a statement that sort of articulates this amazing feeling that I have inside. Right. So it just, it matches more the external to the internal, I would say. Yeah. And, and it must make it easier to remember as well, just because it resonates more with you. Um, yeah, of course. And so uh, kind of as we come to a close here, uh, I wanted to ask for anyone that's kind of gone through this process or feels like they have a, a clear sense of their purpose and why they do what they do. What are some practical things that we can do to remember our why more and to live it, um, to make sure that we live it every single day. And I remember coming, coming to the end of the course, one of the things that Simon talked about was he wears a, I think it's a yellow or an orange watch. And I remember seeing him wearing it in some of his talks and I was like, Oh, that's interesting. It's a very brightly colored watch and didn't really Mm -hmm. think much else of it, but it's actually a, it's a, it's a, it's a deliberate choice that he's making to, to make sure that he looks at it and he remembers to be, I can't remember what he said, but it was like to be positive and, 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 and bright and kind of inspiring. And it's this bright thing that kind of just triggers that feeling. Um, yeah. So, yeah. What, what kind of other things can people do to remember their why more and to make sure they live it every single day? So um, a couple things. One is uh, just like you mentioned, a symbol of some kind. So um, it could be uh, a color, for example. So Simon's color is orange. It's the color of optimism um, and reminds him just to stay inspired and to inspire the people around him. Um, I have a little propeller on my desk that I look at. And every time I look at it, it reminds me of my why. Um, at the beginning, what we recommend that people do is when you're still kind of internalizing the words that you've chosen for your why. And again, those can morph and change a little bit over time is write it on a sticky note and put it on your computer monitor, put it on your mirror, put it in your car, um, you know, put it in a few places so that you can look at and read your why statement and remember it, internalize it, be able to, 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 uh, say it without, you know, having to, to read it over time. Um, the other, another thing that a lot of people do is, uh, put your why statement at the bottom of your email signature. Um, just those places where you see it over and over and over and over again, those are all things you can do to help you remember it, to help you live it. Um, I think one of the, uh, one important thing that I find is to, I mean, share it in a meaningful way rather than just, you know, putting it at the bottom of your email signature when you're, um, you know, with, with interacting with family or with colleagues or whoever it is make it a habit to, to kind of share what your why is. You don't necessarily have to spout off your why statement, but give them a sense of, you know, this is what drives me. This is my, my higher cause or purpose. And then once you have other people who know what that is, you will hold yourself more accountable to show up that way and make sure that that's what you're actually providing when you show up and, and work with them or interact with them or, or when you're, um, you know, in that relationship. Uh, if you keep it to yourself, no one can hold you accountable. And then mm-hmm. if you show up like a jerk, then you know, it's no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
this is probably it might not even make sense to us listening because it's it's you it's something that you feel personally but i was going to ask why does the propeller um trigger your why why does that make you think of your why well, because my operative word is to propel a positive oh, change. Oh, of course. Sorry, propel. Yep. Ah, perfect. Yep. Sorry, I forgot yeah. that you'd use that word. Oh, that's brilliant. Okay. I only said it once, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, David, this has been, uh, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. Um, yeah, do you want to just tell us a little bit more about where can people go online to learn more about this stuff and, and what action do you want people to take uh, listening to this show? Sure. So if you want more information, you can always go to start with why let's start with W H Y.com. Um, you can also just do a Google search for Simon Sinek. That's uh, Simon S I N E K. And you'll find more information than you probably have time for. <laughs> um, also on the website, you can read the blog, you can check out the podcast. Um, but as far as, you know, action we want people to take is just, if nothing else, uh, think about this um, allow it to maybe shift your perception a little bit as to what you're after, what's really important. Um, or if nothing else, you know, look at the other half of the half of the equation. Uh, if you've already got the, you know, the lifestyle and the success and all that kind of stuff that most people look for, uh, maybe ask yourself, you know, is that enough? Um, is there something more, uh, meaning that I can find? Is there some contribution that I really want to make in the world and, uh, maybe commit to finding what that is? Fantastic. Yeah. And just to say one more time, like, as I said earlier, going through this kind of process and, and spending some a little bit of time figuring out your why really can be one of the most beneficial ways of spending your time. It can help you more than you know. Um, so yeah, I definitely encourage everyone to take action at the end of this podcast. Uh, David, one more time. Thanks again for coming onto the show. It's been awesome talking to you. You're welcome. Thank you. My name is Paul Miners and thank you for listening to this episode of the Productivity Podcast. For me, productivity is a tool for getting more out of life. I believe that if you can be more effective and efficient, not just at work, but in everything that you do, that this, I truly believe, is the pathway to a happier and more fulfilling lifestyle. Join me at paulminers.com and sign up to my free email course, The 7 Day Productivity Plan, to learn more about my approach to productivity and how I balance multiple projects, uh, how I use different apps within my productivity system, and how I get more done with less stress. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd really appreciate if you could leave me a review. Let me know if you have any questions or what you'd like to learn more about. And who knows, maybe I'll decide to talk about it on the show. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you next time on The Productivity Podcast.